Hey everyone, I'm Luke Gaston, and you're listening to Goofin'. Thanks for tuning in to Goofin'. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, thanks for being here. Hope you're all doing good. Hope you're all doing well out there. I had a pretty interesting weekend. I, uh, Friday, I get a message from this guy who's like, you want to do a show in Vail? I'm like, yeah, I don't have any shows. That sounds great. And he's like, cool. Can you also bring all the comics? Like, just book them and bring the comics? And I was like, well, sure. I mean, if, you, if you pay them, I'm, if you're paying everyone, sure, I don't care. So I get there. That's kind of a red flag. You know, three-hour drive up to Vail. But yeah, I'm cool. I go up there. You know, I need the stage time. I'm like, I'm fucking itching. I'm just fucking baking cookies and watching the Great British Baking Show. I'm going, no, when someone gets <laughs> kicked off. I get up there, and these uh, other Denver comics are out there, we're all up there in the wo- in the woods and about to do this show. And it's in this, like, you know, Route 6. It's a it's a bar up in Vail. And <laughs> we get there. The show starts to start at 8. We, it's, the show ends up starting at 9. He's like, so, he's like, sorry I'm late, guys. Oh, I'm hosting this thing. And... They didn't do a sound check, and he starts the show. He tries to start the show, and it's got this re- reverb on it. Like, here, I'll do an example with the with my 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 technical capabilities. He was like, "This, what's up out there, Vale? You guys ready to start a show tonight?" And he realized everything was fucked up like that, and he's like, he just starts freaking out trying to fix the sound system. So he looks at me. He's like, "Do you know anything about sound?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I guess I can, you know, fiddle with it." So now I'm on stage. The comic key books that help him book the show. <laughs> Come and fuck with the knobs, and I'm getting heckled by people already. Like, oh, what's going on? Like, dude, I don't know. It's not my fucking show. What the fuck? Uh, eventually, just fix it. We have we have like the guy from the kitchen coming out to help, and he doesn't speak English, so he's just like pointing at stuff, going like, uh, no, no, I'm like, oh fuck, all right. So eventually, we just have a little echo on the whole show. So just a little mini echo, kind of like this, the whole show. Two Denver comics go up. Uh, like throughout the show and but the comic the, the host just does 15 minutes in between each if you're a, if you do 15 minutes in between comics and you're not making people laugh in between you need to cut it out because <laughs> it's just like if you're just killing the energy of the room so he's killing the energy in the room for each comic like okay we don't want to get too good up there we got to crush we got we got to crush your spirit a little bit every time and then uh, I'm supposed to headline, and I'm about to—I I think I'm, I'm about to go up. The feature went up already, and he's like, "Oh wait, can I get like a couple of my friends on the show really quick?" So he puts on three local dudes uh, that are in the veil, and of course, the whole bar loves these dudes, no matter what they're saying. Like, I swear to God, he was like, "This guy's just hammered, nodding off on stage, going like, that's a stool over there," and people were just throwing their fucking underwear at him and like high five and shaking each other's shoulders. So I'm like, okay, here we go. And it's now three hours into a, you know, what should be an hour and a half long show. And uh, I get on stage and they're all just smashed, hammered, like just drunk. And I say something and I'm just telling jokes. And like, it it, it, it was feel it was like kind of like a boogie board. Like I was, things were going well. And then everyone, someone yells, hey, fuck you. And just like, oh, all right, thank you, sir. Happy to drive up to Vail for $12 and uh, a few cores to make you guys laugh up here. But even when it's going terrible, I like there's a point where everything was going so wrong in the show. And I was I was talking to the crowd and I was like, "Hey, uh, you know, this kind of sucks. <laughs> but honestly, it's going to be the most fun I'll have in a while because I can't do stand up all the time. So appreciate y'all being here." And I somehow won them back with just being like, "Hey, this sucks, but also thanks, you know." What a time to try and get some show. If you're hounding for shows right now, it's probably either a trust fund hippie who's starting a nine-hour comedy show like last week or just some random dude in the mountains who's like, oh, you want to do everything? And I'll just kind of, you know, be around. I'm a hound for stage time, so I don't know. I If I drive three hours and I get the to headline to a room that's hammered, it's better than me just sitting in my room and watching, you know, the Great British Bake Off, bruv. But hey, we got a really good well, we got a real good show for you today. Thanks for being here. Love y'all for listening. Uh, my guest today is a super fun comedian up here in Fort Collins, Colorado. Uh, he's uh, he helped start the scene up here, and he ran a bunch of cool shows. And now he's he's jumping ship. He's going to California. We're gonna miss him. Um, you know, because there's there's some comics you really respect, and then there's some you just feel bad for. <laughs> he's gonna kick my ass for saying that. Uh, very funny comedian. Make some noise. Jump up and down. Slap your neighbor for the very funny Justin Going. I quit drinking, yeah, for like the past couple of months. Yeah. Yeah, it just seemed like the perfect time. Like quarantine, I was just coming home from work and like drinking every day. Like come home from work, shot beer, shot beer, go to sleep, do it all over again. And it wasn't pretty good. And last year was a lot worse. Mm-hmm. 
I had quite a few problems last year. How did you, did you bike home? When? When you were drinking. Or did no. You, you See, just... I lived in Loveland, <laughs> so that was especially the bad part. Yeah, because that's was... like a 20, 20 mile drive. Yeah, I would just burn it down every night and then drive. By the way, I'm not bragging about this, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a Why fucking not? brag. Don't do this. Yeah, I just didn't care about it. You did great at things. drinking and then you graduated. Yeah. To sobriety. <laughs> I just didn't give a fuck about last year. I was in a terrible place. So this year I just took it upon, like, it's just time to. You know, yeah. I just had that realization that's like I can't like have like a couple I can, like, if I have one it's turning into five and at least yeah. so yeah it's it's good for me to, to not do that anymore I don't have that I have that maybe with weed maybe like I'm like alright let's fucking rip to the next level but like with alcohol after like two I'm like I don't have the money <laughs> oh when I say sober definitely still smoke weed oh good <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a psychopath. It's Colorado, okay. dude. That's so funny. Me. You another comic uh, in Fort Collins. Yeah. Yeah. He he was saying like, or like, oh, you're sober. He's like, oh, I still do weed. Yeah. And other <laughs> drugs. I'm still a person. There's <laughs> only like a couple of actually like sober people that are like completely sober that like right. don't smoke anymore. But yeah, I definitely still do. They probably that. either do cigarettes, coffee, or some form of something else i don't think you can just get rid of it right yeah no you can't just get rid of it. i feel like a hipster old because that's literally my habit now is i come home i make sleepy time tea and then <laughs> i pack a bowl and then i play like star wars or something like that that's just such a i mean yeah we we've made over the state of colorado's made a billion dollars in revenue mm. since quarantine started oh yeah I'll drive past like the green solution like all the time, like at North College when I'm going to the grocery store or whatever, and there's just people lying the fuck up outside. For like, days. oh, can I swear at this? I'm just like, yeah. I, d- I didn't know if you had. There's uh, all explicit. Yeah, don't worry. You know, okay. I was just just on Luke Gaston's podcast. Luke, I don't know if it's for the family. <laughs> Dude, I'm dirty. I'm a dirty comic. Right, Dude, right. This quarantine, I, I realized who I am. What? What is that? Filthy. No, Filthy. No, 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 no. <laughs> We got a swing in the next room. We're doing. Yeah. It. Oh yeah. One of those. Uh, well, that's just fun. Uh, <laughs> did you? Have you done any stand up since pandemic times? I. So when the pandemic happened, I lost like two of my jobs because I was like a bouncer and I delivered food, and then I worked at the brewery on the weekends. But uh, I lost two of my jobs when the pandemic happened. So I actually went on the road. To not do comedy, but to sheer alpacas with my friend Evan. <laughs> nice. I needed money. I was like, I was hemorrhaging. My life was like sinking. And he was just like, hey, man, I don't know if you knew this, but I was, I'm an alpaca share. I'm like, I didn't know that. <laughs> What a like, way to open with that. Do you want to come be like my helper? And I was like, absolutely. He like paid me incredibly well. We traveled through California, up through Oregon, all the way up to damn near Canada. And uh, so that was when everything like started happening. So I wasn't doing like the, when people were doing like, these are the last shows I did. I didn't yeah. get to do that. So I hadn't, I hadn't done comedy for months until I came back. And then I did Fuck. Jacob's show in like Drates. It was like one of the first that happened. That uh, when everything started, like people were like socially distant, distance comedy mm-hmm. shows. And I haven't done one since. So it's been months. I did one through the summer wow. and that's it. I did one last night that was dog shit. Yeah. It was so bad. Where? It was in Denver. It was a seven hour comedy show. And originally, like the guy messaged everyone's like, we're, everyone's going to do 45 minutes oh and you're going to pay $80. And then, like, we just keep getting emails like, okay, 20 minutes. And eighty dollars, oh and it's like this this place in Denver that was just it was just no masks, everyone making out. Half uh. half of it was a silent disco, no one was there, and like they would play, like the DJ would just interrupt you during your during your set. Yeah, it was a nightmare, dude. I'm like, I w- like I want to go do shows and stuff. <laughs> well, first of all, I haven't really been asked. I've been, I'm headlining one next month, uh, and that's about it. Uh, there's only a handful of these shows, though, right? Like, unless yeah. I'm just complete, there's no mics and shit like there's that. There's no, there's, yeah, there's fucking nothing, dude. It's whatever you get it. It's some guy who's like, I'm gonna try doing comedy and booking an eight-hour show. <laughs> I've turned down a couple, and then there's a couple I've said yes to. I always ask where it's at, and like if I can like go on Google and like check out like the layout of it. Yeah. Like if there's a place I can fucking hide or whatever. Because I did like I did the Moxie. Like a couple, mm-hmm. a few months ago. Good old Greeley. And uh, yeah, it's like a dis- it does nothing happened out nope. there. <laughs> nope. People are like, we just dine outside now. Mm-hmm. That's literally the only difference. It's the rural effect. Whenever you go to the rural areas, it's you go 10 years in the past and the virus hasn't hit yet. <laughs> it's almost like, no wonder why they have like double the fucking cases. But yeah. 
It's insane, man. I went out there, and the, I, the only reason I did the Moxie is because I know they have that like catwalk area yeah. where I can just hang out by myself. I don't have to see a fucking soul if I don't want and to. And the stage is far enough away that you're like, all right, that's fine. Right. So uh, I did the Moxie, and then I came, I got done, and then people would just like come up like, oh, my God, that was so much fun. And I'm like, get the fuck away. Yep. What are you doing? Yep. Yep. That happened to me the same, same thing when I did that show. It was like, oh, okay, everyone wants to hug and kiss after. Yeah. I don't, you guys, how do you not know? <laughs> I'm like I'm like a little paranoid. Like, I'll, I, get, I get sick like once a year. So if I got it, I'd probably be fine. Like I'm not worried, but like. But all your older mistresses would get sick. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's long-term health effects that have been associated with this shit. I don't know how people are so cavalier with just like, oh, I don't give mm-hmm. a fuck. I'll get sick and then recover. It's like, yeah, but there's also people stroking out, yep. getting like nerve diseases, can't smell like, anymore. Yeah, like can't smell for forever. There's people that have lung problems and heart problems after this. Like, I don't want any of these fucking <sighs> things. Yeah, I, I liken it to that. We a lot of people. Don't believe it's real because they 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 only are afraid of things that are real like they could see and bite them. Yeah, like it's it's a fake thing. It's, yeah, it's invisible. So I, I always said of like if if wearing a mask would get rid of all these bears eating people, like mm. if bears were eating people and you wearing a mask stops it, I think people would wear masks probably. We <laughs> <laughs> just wore a raw mask. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That, like one of my coworkers just got out of the hospital. He was doing like breathing treatments and shit, dude. It was really. He's had COVID. Yeah. Fuck. He like he went because he couldn't fucking breathe. He's like a couple years older than me. Yeah. And then next thing you know, he's like blowing into a machine every fucking fifteen minutes. Like it, I was like, I don't want to do any of that, man. No. Like that sounds awful. Oh my god, it's uh good times. No. <laughs> fucking. I, I just posted the day that I really do. I didn't realize like how detrimental comedy was towards like my mental health and like life in general. Like this, like this is the most socialization I've done with anybody outside of my roommate in like fucking a month at least. I don't know what other people do with their life, like have book clubs or like whatever, <laughs> like like neighborhood gatherings and shit. But Church. this is this was my equivalent to it. Like I would go socialize with like you see the same people like the yep. people i've known for fucking years in fort collins and you like routinely you tell yourself you're gonna go do comedy but yeah. routinely you're also getting like to hang out with people laugh with someone at yeah. the time and it's like it's a lot of people that like normally do jack shit outs like you can't get yeah. about to be like hey do you want to go have a normal gathering They're like no that sounds awful yeah like ryan knoll yeah trying to get ryan knoll to come out of his hole this is a funny for Collins comic. Yeah, he has to like come out like Nosferatu in the sun, right? Yeah, it's insane. Like that dude's not coming out for anything else. Get right? Door Creek. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, young ones. I have a tale to tell. Yeah, it's shit like the people like that that you'd normally never see in daylight. Come mm-hmm. out, but yeah, dude, the shows I have gone to go do, it's just like, oh, it's fucking you. Yeah. yeah. Dude, hey. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Like, there usually something bad happens. Why have you done a lot of shows then? Yeah, I've been I've been doing as many as I can. Yeah, I've listened to the podcast. You keep on talking about I keep on doing shows. I'm like, how? Where is he doing all these shows? Go on the internet and go, hey, hey, I go on Instagram, I go on Facebook, I talk to other comics. I'm like, hey, what shows are happening? Oh, you just like message people? Like, I've never done that. See, you would have get booked so much more because when I did a show and uncorked, and the the host that that, like runs it was like, you uh. It's like you, Justin, going, and David. I could always book and never worry about you guys. <laughs> I was like, that's good. <laughs> but Patrick Richardson last week was talking mass sh- massive shit <laughs> about me. Yeah. Oh, what did he do? What did I do? And he's just saying like, how many funny Fort Collins comics are there? <laughs> David, Luke, <laughs> shit. <laughs> Patrick threw one of the, like the best roast jokes. Like years ago, we did a roast at Hody's for like, my birthday. Like my girlfriend at the time set it up and shit. And uh, he said I look like Johnny Bravo got stuck inside of CBGBs. <laughs> That's like one of my favorite roast jokes. Like him and Mark Zemmel like went in on me. It was upsetting and oh, joyous at the fuck. same time. A good roast show is so fun. When we roasted you at uh, Dungeons and Drafts, yeah. rest in peace, Dungeons and Drafts. Yeah, dude, that, that place was my fan. It was like less than a mile from my house. I would ride my bike there and drink and just do co- – that was so great. Well, that no, the Dungeons and Drafts was a bar in Fort Collins that was – it was Dungeon, th- Dungeon and Dragons themed – and, like, the place had steins and shit, and there was just, like, you know, the walls were, like, moss-covered brick. Mm. And, like, it was an awesome place, but they just went out of business because I guess they were throwing away, like, 
freezer bags full of chicken and like overstaffing and stuff but. yeah their kitchen handled stuff really poorly from what i understand and then uh there's there's something that happened with the irs and they tried to there was oh, yeah. a processing error or whatever they Taxes. tried to like pay them back and they wouldn't do it they're like you're done damn yeah that's at least what i heard from the owner yeah fuck dude well Rest in peace. Yeah. It was a fun place for comedy. Everyone's just like, well, that's what happens when you don't pay your fucking taxes. Like, there's a little bit more to it there. Yeah. Take it easy. Yeah, running a business is hard. Yeah. Yeah, but they, it was a great place for comedy. And we roasted you that one time. Yeah, I was almost late to that. That was upset. I did a show right before that, and I came straight from the show. And Elon's, some like, Elon's like, where the fuck are you? And I was, like, <laughs> I was like, I am coming as fast as I can. I like, walked in and started writing down roast shows. <laughs> Joey D shared that video on Facebook the other day. I was like, oh, it's, I was drunk. It's upsetting to go back and watch. I loved my – I remember roasting you. My roast for you was – I wrote it last minute because I – for roast shows, I'm like, I'm not going to spend any time. <laughs> and uh, the one was like, uh, Justin Goings just like a Detroit-style pizza. He's a fucking square. <laughs> <laughs> it's a buttery square. The other roast, uh, here's a, this might be bad taste, but let's go anyway. Uh, <laughs> there's, a, there's a comic there. And, I'm, and like I'm roasting everyone, and this comic's by himself, and he, I just like, hey, and Todd hasn't killed himself, everyone. Let's hear oh, it for him. Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. And uh, a few months later, boy howdy. Yeah, that didn't age well, Luke. No. Jesus Christ, I like, forgot about like it. like milk. <laughs> so uh, the funny thing about comedy is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought Holy it was funny. Shit. Is it still funny? I don't know. Because you were talking <laughs> earlier, you were saying like dark show. You were a dark, you were a dark show guy earlier. Yeah, no, that's definitely how I started out in comedy for sure. I was definitely like I was an edge lord. I was that like yes. cliche. I was a I was an edgy one liner for sure. Like uh, want to buckle up like they're these guys aren't gonna. I fucking... was like I'm gonna like have a take on this nobody's heard and I did that and it was fun for a while and then I was just like this is just not. It got old for me really quick, but. Uh, suicide is like my topic that I don't, like, have a hard time finding funny. Like you really have to be crafty to make me laugh with a topic like suicide. Yeah. Just because I'm really close to, I've had like many of my friends from the military like kill themselves. So it's like the one thing I'm passionate about. Yeah, man. Um, so like there's a, there's like Zach Reinert has like some really clever like suicide jokes that'll make me laugh. But the. I don't like dark jokes that you can see coming. Like, if you can write them clearly backwards, like, yeah. I, I don't enjoy that shit. Like, pick a topic and then, like, what would be funny if we did mm. with suicide? Well, what if he killed himself with a pop gun on accident? Mm. Like, just shit like that. I, I don't like jokes like the, that. The, the only use you should, like, well, not you should. I don't tell anyone how to write a joke or how to do anything. But, like, the, 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 the tool of suicide in a joke is the tension. Yeah. And if you can make something that misdirects in a way that relieves that tension... That's, yeah. that's a good joke. There's a lot of crafty ways to go about it. I've heard people tell I laugh if it's a funny joke, period. But, like, there's just so many people yep. that are like, well, people need to get out of their own way. Like, I have a funny take. Like, they just convince themselves that their dark joke or whatever is, is it's just the audience's fault. And it's like, well, Buckle you up. see it coming. It's not funny, dude. Yeah. That's my opinion on it. But, yeah, suicide is, like, a really tough. So, in my opinion, you suck, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> well, he didn't kill himself. <laughs> Uh, he did. Oh, he did? Yeah. All right. That's a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just fucking with uh, uh, Good times. No, but yeah, it, I definitely got started with the, the dark. I had a weird fucking coming up with that. Like, I didn't just jump right in. First, I did like a funny voice on stage. I was like, hey, guys, how's it going? And I delivered <laughs> jokes like that, and that wasn't good. Hey, like, everybody, it's Justin. Yeah, I did like an animated <laughs> voice, and like my friends would come and see me. They're like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Like, where's like the dude that will just like catch a topic and rant away and make us laugh for like 15 fucking minutes? Those are good day. friends. Yeah, and then that was what clued me into like, oh, maybe we should try being more of myself instead mm -hmm. of what I think people is funny on stage. Like if you just, you know, you're yeah. funny. Because at the end of the day, you're just putting on someone else's skin and trying to act like them. It's weird. Yeah, like especially like Jesselnik just put out a special at that time when I was doing like dark one-liners, and I was like, I'm writing everything yeah. down about that. I'm the next fuck. Because when you see Jesselnik on stage, you're like, wow, this guy has complete control of the audience, and yeah. he crushes, and like, 
he can he has the allure that he can do anything. Yeah, it's he's an absurdist though. That's what he's not like truly a dark comic. That's what people miss about it. Like yeah. he's playing somebody. He up is there. playing a character. He's playing a piece of shit. Right. He's really good at being a piece of shit. <laughs> did you ever watch his show Good Talk? No, he did. He, what show? It was a pilot called Good Talk, and he would just he would talk with comedians like one on one, and like they film <laughs> it, and he like he just like ask him crazy brutal questions and like say like one of them was like to Kristen Wiig was or some 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 actress was like <laughs> he was like uh you, you, your family grew up like in a farm area didn't they and, he, and she's like yeah and like who cares and just like switches <laughs> the next topic <laughs> no but I'm gonna go find that now the it's only good. thing the only one I think I watched of his was uh was the what the fuck the one that got canceled really good like two seasons oh ago. yeah when he had that he got canceled because of the shark yeah, the shark killed that yeah. dude. I, I, like the, the first time someone dies from a shark during my show, we're going to have a, like, oh the shark was right and shit like that, hashtags and yeah, everything like I, that. I used to watch that. He had a choreographed girl and shit, like, dancing to it. Oh, my God. Yeah, and Comedy Central's like, hey. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing I'm not a really big fan of. Like, I was just like, let's let bodies cool first before we start <laughs> making jokes about, no. how about that? That's my opinion. I think the problem with a lot of the comics is it's maybe like a, a spectrum of, like, how quickly tragedy can happen before they make a joke about it yeah. to make themselves feel comfortable. Well, just everybody, yeah, I mean, like, this, that's definitely, like, how I got my sense of humor in life, is just making jokes about all the fucked up things that, like, happened when I was younger and whatnot. Yeah. But, yeah, everybody rushes to it. Like, let's make it funny and cheer everybody up. And I get that, but I don't know. People forget, like, the internet is connected to everybody. Everyone. That's the problem with the internet. everybody. We're not supposed to be this connected, dude. It's not good. I'm a firm believer that we're not. I'm so close to deleting, like, everything. uh, All the studies show the less time you spend on Facebook, Instagram, all these social medias, the more the happier you are. I can't ever sit still. No? No. I'm ADHD as fuck, dude. I can't, like, do anything. It is... I feel like a lot of people who say that do comedy. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of a superpower when it comes to brainstorming. Mm-hmm. That's pretty nice. It's but just like whatever your brain, your brain's just going around foraging through the woods, and all of a sudden it brings back this thing. Like I didn't tell you to go look for that, but here it is in your head. Yeah, it was bad at first because I used to have a stutter when I was a kid, and that came back Me out. Too. Well, yeah, I was I was like, oh, I haven't seen this in years. This is fucking fantastic. Mm-hmm. Let's just try to work through this again. So I would stumble on words all the time on stage. But you work through that. You don't do that anymore. It took me like a fucking year to get through that phase. Damn. It took me a year just to be comfortable. So now when I see people that are like automatically have stage presence, I hate them. <laughs> I, I don't. Did you do any theater classes or anything like that? No, I never did anything. If you do like a little that. bit of theater, it's like, all right, I can do this. I can go on stage. I was a fucking jockey dude that would make fun of like big fucking nerds, but also fucking nerds. You're cute, nod. Let's date. Like it's, pretty, it's pretty funny that you're used to like you have that mindset, but I'm pretty sure you play World War, World of Warcraft, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, me too. I feel like. <laughs> I used to. I'm, I'm, if if we're talking about quitting something, I had to quit World of Warcraft, dude. That, <laughs> that, that game took hold of me during quarantine, and I was like, and my girlfriend's like, hey, do you want to come see me sometime this week? And I'm like, <laughs> well, you guys don't live together? And we do. Oh, okay. That's why it's bad game. <laughs> oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I pretty much quit that fucking game, too. I have, I still have to cancel my subscription, but I'm quitting League, I quit Warcraft, yep. quit yep. drinking, just anything that's, like, kind of consumed my life. And Going zen. Do everything. Yeah, pretty much. I feel like a lot of comics either go hardcore <laughs> or they cut off. There's very, very little middle ground. Yeah. And that's just, maybe that's part of the thing. Because I know you're, like, you're like the 18th Fort Collins comic out of, like, 30 comics. Be like, you know what? I'm done drinking. Done. Yeah. It's uh, it's hard to, I mean, it's really easy to fall into the trap, in my opinion, because you're in bars, like, six days a week. Yeah. It's easy to have, like, a couple, and those couple turn into three, and mm-hmm. those three turn into four. And It's usually at a, if you're at an open mic, it's like, $3 tall boys, and then if you're at a show, it's like, hey, you get two drinks, or open bar, God forbid. You yeah. Know? Well, and then you start, like, making, like, scientific, like, analyzations with yourself, and be like, oh, I mm-hmm. got here, and I had two, <laughs> but I'm going to be here for, like, four hours, so I can have another one. But it's I like, had a roast beef sandwich earlier. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Why do you think you were like into the the? Because Kyle was similar, and a lot of comics are similar when they first start. I for sure was when I was doing it. Was I'm like, oh, I'm gonna say it. Just saying the shit that's just like <laughs> people. You just shouldn't say. You you might think it's just funny to you because you're about to say it in front of people. But when in reality we go on stage, it's like, oh, people don't like this. When you get the first like, oh, when when you tell a joke that's dark and everyone just goes, <gasps> <laughs> well, does that? There's a, but there's something about that where you just 
make them do that, that that's interesting. I didn't. I wasn't the just say it kind of guy. I just say I never used any of the buzzwords like 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 rape, suicide, slurs, yeah. any of that. I never used any of those. Um, I would try. I, I liked finding crafty ways to write about them, and I liked. I, they, I, I didn't just like seek out a topic and write them, but um. I did like getting like gaffes and like directions that people didn't see coming. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that aspect of it. I don't know when you first start, there's something enticing about making the forbidden funny, you know, like yes. the thing that nobody talks about. The forbidden fruit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There is something very, very alluring about that. I can't exactly place my finger on like why I was that way back then because I'm so fucking different now. Yeah. But Kyle rubbed off on me a little bit. I'm not going to blame him for that, though. <laughs> but he got up. Because Kyle, Kyle started, like, I don't know, a few months later. And I remember, like, being on stage. And I was only, like, a month or two into it. And he, like, sat right in the fucking front row one night. And I was like, great. I'm only, like, been doing this two months. And I'm going to make this biker motherfucker in the front row laugh. Like, what is this? And uh, then he started getting up and like doing like dark jokes. I'm like, I want to fucking try that. And then like I would, I bit that a little bit, and Were I they started working? writing my own. His yeah. jokes, yeah. His worked. I did all right. Um, but like I said, my friends kept coming out and were like, "What, what the fuck are you doing? What happened to you, Justin? Are yeah. you okay? Yeah." But there was there was there was that kind of that allure to it of making like the taboo or the forbidden funny, especially when it comes to like people you know, like your friends and like like I remember my ex mother in law like mm-hmm. came to the that same show I was talking about. She came to that super dark show that we did that one time, and that was the first time she heard me do stand up, <sighs> and I'm just fucking running the gambit for like ten minutes. Do you have any examples of the jokes? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I do, but I'm not going to share that. Oh, come on. <laughs> I don't like a lot of them anymore. I really don't. I well, had a couple that I used to, I, I liked. Yeah, I think there's something about what Anthony Jeselnik and a lot of other comics that do darker things. It's just like, you're just like, they're doing some kind of magic up there. Because usually they should be getting booed out of here, but yeah. the exact opposite's happening. Yeah, like I said, they found a way to be crafty, and like, like you said, he's an absurdist, so he, he everybody knows that it's ridiculous. I never thought of him that way, but they're, they're so right. It's, he's, he's yeah, he's, he calls himself a provocateur, but he like in my opinion, he's really an absurdist. Like he, every, we all know that person. He's just taking it and amplifying it on stage. That's yeah, he just he's a fucking sociopath on stage. He yeah. never changes his face. Yeah, because we like there's those internet fucking groups too where people just post the edgiest, dumbest, darkest shit like all day long, and yeah. like we all know those people, and yeah. they're not as ridiculous as him. But he's just like, eh, you know what? Let's yeah. just fucking lean into it. Those people are coming out out of into the real world nowadays, though. That's the weird part about the internet. God. Like I was driving on on uh, college in Fort Collins, and I was just going to that show last night, and there's just like. Camry next to me and there's a Trump flag hanging out giant Trump flag on a Camry I'm like and he just there's this passenger seats holding it and he leans back he looks back at me because I'm looking at him and he's like Trump 2020 and I was like all right and then he said do you like Biden I was like <laughs> I was like I don't think it matters they, they just want to like fight people I don't do. get that they shit. do and I said shouldn't you guys be out trying to get laid because they're like 18 year olds and then that that's when the whole card like you just see four heads pop out like lip tard lip tard it's like wow I don't get that shit. like when we traveled through California and like up to Oregon and stuff like we were all we were in farm areas and small towns and yeah. shit. there's Trump flags and all that stuff everywhere I don't even get like I've never wanted to be like, oh, I love this political candidate so much. I'm just gonna simulate to this fashion <laughs> made by third party people trying to make a bu- like. I'm just gonna leave. I don't get the. I've never gotten bumper stickers. I've never gotten the flags. Like you're literally taking like a, a 99 cent piece of propaganda yeah. and then just giving people a reason to like either hate or love you. Like yeah. I don't get it, man. Flying a Trump flag is like such an interesting. Like this is the flag I'll die with. Trump 2020 flag. (laughs) Like, politics aside, I'm obviously not a fan, but, like, why? Why do you need... You look look Mm -hmm. like such a dork, dude. That's basically (laughs) what... It is just saying, like, I fucking love Hulk Hogan. It's the same (laughs) shit. It's pro wrestling. Like, if you were in high school, like, 
Wrestling's cool. Fifteen years ago, twenty years ago, and you were rocking political gear in school. Yeah, you were gonna get stuffed in a fucking locker. Like, yeah. what happened with? Or people would just be like, "Why are you? All right, like what? All right, creep, you know, Matthew." Uh, I don't get it, man. I, I yeah, I don't understand. But we saw them fucking everywhere, and people were just like, tr- like we would show up to farms. There would be like four MAGA hats, and like this kid was talking to this girl with dyed hair that was helping us out one day on the on the, one of the farms. So it was like this cute, this little sixteen year old girl, sweetest thing ever, with like purple like hair cut yeah. to the side, kind of pixie like. And then uh, he just like started talking shit to me, like your hair looks fucking dumb. You're never gonna be able to do this. And we're like, hey man, Whoa. what are you what are you doing? Maybe start with hi. How was it going? And he just like turned and he was just like, well, I'm stronger than her and whatnot. And I was like, and I'm stronger than you. So how about we stop whatever the fuck this line of logic <laughs> yeah. is right now? If that's your line of logic. There's only one winner at the end of that. I don't. They, they he just, probably had a crush on her, right? Just. Didn't know how to ex- express it. Maybe I just sincerely think that like people want to put that on and they just want to be confrontational. With yeah, it's weird. I think it's because there's so much online. The the youths the youths are literally looking at the internet, going like, "Oh, this is how the world is." Yeah. And they go out in the world and they make it happen. Yeah. yeah. Like those dorks in the car. They're like, "Let's go out town. We're gonna show some Subarus who's boss right here." <laughs> Play so you miss Hodies? Yeah, I mean, I, I was like, I worked there aside from like just doing comedy and like starting there. You know, like I was there for fucking and book night every Tuesday until it <laughs> went to Wednesday. And I guess, Dude, yeah, you can, you can help paint this paint the picture of Hodies. What is Wook Night like at Hodies? Because <laughs> there's that guy who's trying to sell rocks every show for once in a while. Yeah, Nico, he's so nice. He's, he's a nice dude. He's but, the nicest, But, like, man. you got to realize there's so many comics who are like, what is this? <laughs> he's that guy that's, like, genuinely interested in your day, even though you guys, you don't really have, like, that much. You've never associated that mm-hmm. much. Like, how are you doing today? I was like, I'm good, man. Why the fuck do you care? <laughs> he's, like, he's hugging people with his, his, his brain every his day. Brain. Yeah. Wook Night. Um... <laughs> Wook Night 420. God, they're those. I have so I have such a hard time explaining it. They're like modern day hippies that don't really give a fuck about peace and love, but they've also co-opted flat bills and like tesseracts and like psychedelic <laughs> patterns and stuff like that. So they'll wear baggy pants and like really tripped out like clothing. But at the end of the day, all they just really care about is doing drugs and drippy bass. That's pretty much the entire. <laughs> that's what a Wook is. So wow, that was that was. No, no air in between that explanation of what a work was. <laughs> oh, by the way, if you don't know who I am, I kind of just speak really quickly a lot. Oh, dude, no, you're probably the most tame person. Yeah, I don't think you're that crazy, dude. Mm. You know? Sure. I've been to a, I've been to a few open mics the past couple months. Yeah. There's be- I'll get off stage and people are like, "Are you sweating right now?" I was like, yeah, "I'm always sweating." Yeah. Stop it. Stage. Do you like to rant? I and definitely rant. It's really just inspired by like. Um, when I'm alone with my thoughts, that's when I write the most is when I'm like working at the brewery and I'm just doing some idle task with my hands and I'm just thinking about, I'll catch a thread and something in my head and I'll just start talking to myself about it. Like mm-hmm. the fucking Lola bunny shit, just everyday like frustrations and like weird things that like pop into my head. Yeah. And I'll just be like, and another thing and this thing. And then it'll just keep yeah. building and I'll find like the nuanced, like funny pieces to this otherwise really dumb annoyance that yeah. i have <laughs> like you're exploding something tiny that's just like a con- like you're you're combating boredom yeah but no i uh god i'm the worst at keeping track of what the fuck i'm talking about i'm the same way especially <laughs> when i smoke weed There's the first couple uh podcasts i don't know if you listened but the yeah we, we i was like oh, i'll just smoke weed with my guests before and uh when we were on with mandy she was just like i was just talking to her and all of a sudden she's just like yeah, so I went out to the in the um, what? Where are we? <laughs> <laughs> Where are we? <laughs> no, but yeah, it just kind of comes from my own little weird, like neurotic, like ADHD, like old angry tick. Because yeah. people are like, you're not that angry of a person anymore. I'm like, no, I'm pretty mellow in like everyday interaction now. But that part of my brain. Yeah is still there because I used to have massive anger problems when I was a kid. So that like that like nitpicky, like what the fuck is going on? Like that still exists. So yeah, it kind of bounces back and forth between like calm, sane, nitpicking is mm-hmm. a good way to put it. And then just like angry outbursts in between. Yeah, that's yeah. the best way. Cause to you wouldn't confront me. anyone, but you're just going like, Hey, while we have everyone in the room, let's talk about this, this social issue. Yeah. Uh, yeah. David Attenborough. <laughs> 
David Attenborough, yeah, yeah. getting high and watching nature documentaries yeah. or like dating and just yeah, just shit like that, just everyday annoyance. So there are some things that like really bother me that I like eventually like take on stage or whatever. Like the yeah. the the let it, the mom and let her kids use all of the checkout machines one day at Target. That was genuinely <laughs> infuriating. So I was like, I don't got anywhere to be. Like. I, <laughs> let's just fucking use the self-checkout as a toy pretty much this is awesome i remember you say like you t- talking to some people or it was either a post or something but you said that uh how do you be original how do you, do you does anyone feel like they're actually original or doing anything new or actually yeah. have the delusion to be a comic yeah and that was one of those things i was just going back and forth in my head like andreas Besserell like posted he was like he was like, uh, he was like, why do you do comedy if you don't think you're uniquely funny? I was like, well, I like making people laugh. That's why I do comedy. Yeah. But I think there's a lot. I write a lot of unique things, but I don't think my style is very unique. But then it's not the same as everybody else's. Like I'll just go back and forth in my head and I get that's stuck. Inter- that's interesting to say. Why do you why do you do comedy if you don't think you're uniquely funny? Right. I think that's. I don't think that's a, like an accurate thing to say just because like, I mean, like, why would you play music if you're not uniquely talented at playing music? Right. Because well, you like playing music at a you know, bar for yeah. your buddies. I get what he was trying to say, though. He's like, what do you bring? Why are you bringing anything to the table if you think you're bringing nothing to the table? I think oh. it was at the heart of what he was getting at. And I was like, I think I do bring some stuff to the table. I don't know if all of it's unique, but mm-hmm. I bring a lot of yeah. I think the question in itself is madness. Yeah. Because the only time I've ever been like, oh, no, like if you if you start thinking about like why or what or the why of what you're making, yeah, you lose your mind. It's pure creation. I did this in art school. I was like, why 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 am I doing this at all? If everything's already been done and everything's to be done already, yeah. why do anything? But really, at the end of the day, it should just be like, oh, just make stuff that's fun and then you die. That's yeah. it. Just do that. <laughs> and that was the part that I thought was really interesting about that question. So if for everybody listening, I asked like, why do you do comedy? Do you think you're uniquely funny? Or, and that was pretty much it. But I thought that was the fun part about it. Cause there's going to be people that are going to say, no, they don't think they're uniquely funny. There's going to be people that say that they are, and there's going to be people that fall in between. I wanted to see everybody else fight themselves in their head. Like I was too, <laughs> because I literally was thinking about it for like 15 minutes. I was like, well, the way I write and some of the things I find and like the, the metaphors and what are really unique, but also I'm just like a yeller, like Stroop and like people like that, like mm-hmm. or like Carlin or Burr, just all these like ranters that have like preceded us. Like I'm never going to be that fucking yeah. great. Like why do I like this style? I'm never going to improve take, on it. But I think that it's not, I don't think you should ever, I, when I was, something I've heard once was like a uh, bad artist copy, a good artist steals. Mm. So you can you can learn from these people, and I've definitely learned from like a, a slew of comics that yeah. I think are awesome, like Hippie Man, um, Sam Talent, yeah. Norm Macdonald, Bill Burr, Dave Chappelle. All these people have things that they do in their act that you can try and throw in there, but it's not like it, it's it's like people have already done the work to make it. Like comedy is like ever evolving, yeah, and people do the work to move it. It's like you can either choose to like learn from them, or just you know. Do your own thing. Yeah, and where I where I fell on that topic in my head is inspired. I've been inspired by a lot of people that are similar. That's a good way to do it. But not the same. Because, like, am I really just an angry ranter? No. I'm, I have a lot of, like, one-liners that I've written that are thrown in there. There's some yeah. weird, like, neur- neurotic, like, lead-ups. And there's some odd things that I do that can't just fall right into that category. But, like, I've been inspired by angry ranters. I've been inspired by dark one-liners. I've been inspired by, like, all these people. And it, when I say inspired, I mean it, like you know, it motivated me to bring out those parts of my personality on stage more. Yeah. Because like I said, before that, people were like, who the fuck are you when you're up there? You're not yourself. Like we clearly came to see you do your thing and this yeah. isn't who you are. And I was like, well, who the fuck am I then? And I started yeah. toying around and I, I found, I settled That is a weird name. question, right? Like, yeah. who, who are you? Who am I? Yeah. That's, the, that's, that's part of the problem with that question. Anything artistic and anything creative. It's yeah. like, if you keep digging, you just start seeing existential dread and like, <laughs> it's like, I can't, I'm just going to make a silly joke and, and move on with it. Yeah. I've actually done that a couple of times. Not necessarily existential dread, but like <laughs> things that I'm joking about that are like fucked up from like my, like from my, when I was younger. Yeah. Was like, uh, I'd tell a story and, or like do try something out to make something funny and people like, was that true? Was, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that yeah. was 100% yeah. Yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> 
Like, that's fucked up. I was like, yeah, no, it's probably never going to be funny. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> like, it's weird, but sometimes when someone can make something like that funny, it's like, holy shit. Yeah. But you have to be, I think, some semblance of, like, understanding and over it. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's why I love my bullying bit that I do, like, so much is because that was, like, a big vulnerable thing for me to, like, toy around on because – uh, What's I have, your bullying bit? I don't think I've ever seen it. I have this bit about uh, getting bullied as a kid because I, when I was a kid, I had a rare disease called Hirschsprung's disease, and it's where like the nerve endings in your intestines don't form correctly, so you can't pass things. Your intestines rupture and burst, and you get gangrene and die usually. They usually screen infants for it, like right when they're born. They do a bunch of tests to make sure you don't have any of these rare diseases. For some reason, I fell through the cracks. Damn. And when I was about one years old, I was I had to get rushed to the hospital because I was almost dying. They wow. had to do exploratory surgery. They cut my stomach open. They took out a bunch of my intestine. And uh, at one years old, I had an adult-sized colostomy bag out of my side. Whoa. So I grew up with this, star, this scar across my stomach from like that goes from hip to hip, I say on stage. And... Um, Nothing good ever came out of it when I was a kid. It was just like sweet C-section scar and like what's up Frankenstein and whatnot. Just people pointing out trauma. Yeah, check it I was, out. I was a, I was a jockey dude too. I loved playing sports. Uh, I loved doing all that. And every day in the locker room, people were like, "Nice fucking scar, idiot." And yeah. it was just every fucking day. And that was a lot of the motivation for like me getting like bigger and lifting weights is because I was like, I can just fucking kill you if you make fun of me <laughs> now. That's, I was the same way. I was a, I was a kid growing up, got bullied. was a fat kid. Mm. And then eventually I just, I started, I, my dad made me play football. You were a fat kid? Oh yeah. I was really? real, real chubby. I was, my, my heaviest was 270. Oh shit. Yeah. I played college football for a bit, uh, for a wow. week. And yeah, I knew that. <laughs> and I, I was just playing like football made me like feel strong. And it also gave me some kind of purpose. Mm. That was like, oh, I can do, I can actually do something. I'm, yeah. I'm useful in something, and people like it when I do this. And that gives you also that kind of camaraderie you would get from like an open mic or hanging out with comics. So yeah, the camaraderie is big with that. But then I herniated two discs in my lower back playing football, and I had to quit. And then I still had the football appetite and got super fat. But like, I was like fat in shape for football, and then fat again out of college. And like, I was just like, damn. God, football's just always been one of the things that I did. I never even explored why I did it. Like, yeah. ever. I was just like, this is just a game I enjoy playing. And genuinely, it was probably a lot of because I liked fucking hitting people, which is not healthy. But uh, <laughs> but a kind of healthy, too. It's it's a release, isn't it? Like, you had a yeah. shitty day at school and you go to football practice. Yeah, until you have to do that whole thing of humanizing somebody else where, like, I... I was in practice one day and I hit my friend TJ like so hard. I was a pulling guard a lot when I was yeah, in high school. So you just ripped. <laughs> yeah. And I had this friend named TJ. He was just like the giant of the school. Like he was over six foot. Like he was 200 and like 50 something pounds or whatever back then, which yeah. is as a junior in high school is pretty fucking sizable <laughs> so they we had a we had a big game coming up where they had a massive uh, uh, defensive lineman so they put tj in the hole where i was going to be pulling and clearing all the time and i wasn't a little dude either like i was five seven i was 235 big so in was, high school I was jacked yeah. yeah and uh they let tj come through and i used to be running back so i could catch a sprint like pretty quickly and i hit tj as hard as i fucking could <laughs> and i knocked him clear over oh but i also gave him a concussion oh. broke three of his ribs and bruised the other two on one side of his body so it's fun until you see the broken plates on the ground yeah, yeah and man. i was like fuck that was my friend and like mm -hmm. he's like hurting to breathe now and i was like dude i'm so fucking sorry he was like i was in the way he sounds like such a sweetie too. Yeah, he was he was the he was the epitome of gentle giant. He was the nicest fucking guy. Dude. He still is the nicest fucking guy. That's like he's so on Facebook. Oh, uh, I can see why that made you feel bad. And like it made me just feel tying it back to your the colostomy thing. Horrible. Yeah. So like I, I would get bullied in the, a lot based off of that. But the the whole punchline to that joke was um People will think that like like kids are getting too soft and like bullying isn't like happening. So I use those. I use three examples. I was like, I think they got better. So I was like, you know, they scar Frank and stupid. I'm like, that's not a very good joke because yeah. I like to encouraging jokes and when I could laugh at myself regularly. Yeah. And then uh, they, like, the next one is uh, 
Like my mom has one of those scars from not being able to push out my little sister through her vagina. What's the matter? Could you not push out a kid through your vagina? You got to see. I was like, all right, that's not very good either. And one of the darkest things I think somebody said to me growing up was they said, uh, I was, uh, I was too slow to dodge the coat hanger, but strong enough to live. And that's why I have a scar on my stomach. Holy fuck. Yeah. So I turned. was Was that Kyle? No, this okay. was this was when I was in when I was in high school. Fuck, man! Like somebody made like regularly made jokes about my mom trying to abort me. That must have been a tormented person who said that to you, right? <laughs> they're not healthy people. No for sure. way, dude! <laughs> Fuck. Who is a healthy kid in high school? And this is living in Detroit. Yeah, well, no, this was in the fucking boonies by then, after we moved. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, man. My dad lived in Detroit. My mom lived, like, 20 minutes north of it, so I would go into the city to see my dad, and I lived with my mom outside. Dude, sometimes suburban kids are meaner. Yeah. They're mean. And that was, like, we... That was like a, we went to, I lived in a poor neighborhood and then went to a rich school. It was really shitty. So I had that going on for me too. Yeah. Like I was the only kid like wearing hand-me-down old Navy and everybody else is rocking like fucking Abercrombie, like pop collars and shit like that. And I despised all of them. Hey Chaz, hey Chad, hey Chadley. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Maybe that's why I liked hurting people and playing football to be honest (laughs) with (laughs) Yeah. But yeah. That place was a fucking nightmare. So I would get bullied and, like, talk shit on, not just because, like, I was also poor and then I had, like, this scar and I wasn't very, like, stylish. I couldn't do my fucking hair. I was always a mess. Yeah. Yeah. What was the end of the joke for the... Oh, that's, like, the the final punchline is, like, encouraging somebody to make a better joke about bullying me. And uh-huh. then that's, like, the cap to it where I land on that one. And everyone's all usually, like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> one of those laughs where it's, like, someone punched him in the stomach, but they're going, oh. <laughs> yeah, but the, I end it with, uh, like, I, I was like, yeah, there we go. Now you hurt my feelings. High five. There Bring it go. in. That was a good bully joke. Damn, dude. Yeah. But it was really hard to like, re- like actually be honest with myself and like write all of those parts to it and like try to make it funny. Like so much so that my ex-wife, when I initially wrote it, she's like, "I fucking hate it," and I was like, "Why?" She's like, "It's not funny," and I was like, "Well, I'm doing a show tonight. Do you want to come and watch it bomb on stage?" Then <laughs> she was like, "Yeah, sure." So we go to the show and it fucking did great. And she was like, "Whatever, I still don't like it." And I, I was like, "That's because you're close to it." That might be. Uh, so that's why she's your ex-wife now, man. Well, there's different reasons why she's oh, okay. nice. But, but. <laughs> yeah, she proposed to you, huh? She did at Hody's. Yeah, I, I got a lot of dude, memories at Hody's. Dude, yeah. I fucking loved one day. Like, I remember when you were going through the divorce and, like, you just came up to me. I was at Hody's and just, like, went on stage and hanging out back there. And you just come up and, like, out of nowhere, just like, hey, by the way, if uh, if a woman uh, proposes you, say no. And you want to win. Yeah, just say no. It's just a bad no. idea every time. <laughs> Which is For, not the best and healthiest take on that. Yeah, but. I don't think anyone's going to take it 100%. Like, yeah. But it's funny. It was, yeah, because I was talking I was talking to Tobias right before I did that joke on stage. Yes, Tobias, uh, yeah, famous uh, divorce dude. Yeah. <laughs> so I was talking to Tobias before that. And I was like, I think I'm going to do this. He was like, do it. 100% do it. And I was like, all right, cool. Because he's he's also like the, the terminally divorced like person for those of you listening. Terminally right? divorced. Yeah, he loves it. Like he, when it happened, he's like, welcome to the club. How's it going? Let's get you a cup of yeah. coffee and a cigarette. Well, like, welcome, welcome to the club, brother. You just, got another, you just got another 15 minutes. Yeah. But yeah, I told him. I was like, uh, I was. he's like, he's like, how's it going for you? I was like, oh, I'm finding out that I'm that crazy divorce dude at the bar now. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, I have these half-cocked. Like uh, like traditional but kind of woke like takes on things. He's like, give me an example. I was like, like I'll just turn to somebody like a younger guy at the bar, but like, don't ever accept a proposal from a woman. He's <laughs> like, <laughs> because it's like it's traditional in the fact that like it's you know semi misogynist. You and another today. comic were getting through a divorce, and the I just remember seeing all the divorce material coming through, and I'm like, this is great. This is good for you guys. <laughs> it's upsetting because. I genuinely have like my opener is like one of my funniest things that I think I've ever written, and it's about written about divorce, and it's just so dated. I can't do it anymore. Oh, it's it's more fresh divorcey. Yeah, you, you can't. It doesn't really fit anywhere anymore because I wrote it like right when I was getting divorced. Like I wrote because uh, it happened right when we were coming up on our anniversary. So I. Uh, <laughs> I said, uh, like, you know, girls are so good at getting gifts for special occasions that uh, 
the guys can never top that shit, right? You never top the thoughtfulness of like your girlfriend. And my my wife killed it again this year because for our anniversary she got us a divorce, and everyone's <laughs> like, everyone nobody ever sees it coming because you get everybody like, yeah, they it's are good. really good at getting gifts, and I was like, you did it again, yeah. sweetheart. You got the, the you best. did it, toots. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great misdirection. Get to going. But you can't do that a year and a half later, you know. Mm. <laughs> like it's not a good. You can pretend to, I guess. I've done it a couple Sometimes of times. Sometimes just frame it differently. It just feels like a lie, and like I should, I yeah. like I'm, I'm past it. Like I don't really, I do it. I like to do it because it's a funny fucking joke, yeah. but it's not honest anymore. So I don't like that piece of it. Yeah, it's not honest. To you. I've had that happen where like you have this joke. It's just like I, it's just like this. Like it's just a shriveled up berry, and you, know, you just bring it to every show. And you're like, I really need to just bury this thing, huh? Yeah, that's why I usually stay away from, like, topical jokes, too, you know? Like, mm-hmm. because they have a shelf life to them. Unless you just, like, every day you're writing new topical jokes that you always want to just have in your arsenal, which, that's cool. But, yeah. like, also, Twitter, if you, like, the second fucking a fly flew on Pence's head, <laughs> Twitter had, like, 5,000 million jokes. I mean, like, everything's done. Everything's already done. Dude, I even thought there was some people that are, like, genuinely unique that I respected about it. Like, there was immediately a Twitter account called The Fly that was all, like, live tweeting, like, yo, I'm on Mike Pence's head, like, <laughs> ask me anything. <laughs> like, and I was like, this is fucking hilarious. Clearly somebody was, like, ahead of the ball, but there was, like, five accounts that did that Dude, shit, too. I went to an open mic in Denver when that was going on, the debates were going on, oh, and God. they had the, the projector of it, but no no sound going on. Mm-hmm. And then when I got on stage was when The Fly flew on Pence's head, so no one gave a shit <laughs> about what I was saying. They're like, well. I was watching a Twitch streamer that was watching. Like, I love watching other people react to stuff. That's one thing I realized quarantine-wise since I can't do comedy is I love mm-hmm. watching reaction channels for some That's reason. That's what YouTube's all about. I love watching other people enjoy things. I don't know why. But I've, there's a political commentator on Twitch that I watched who was streaming the debates, and he was like, there's a fucking fly in his head. I'm like, great. The fly is going to be the discussion for forever now. Mm-hmm. No one gives a fuck about these points anymore. And that, that, that brings you back to the originality thing. Like, are you original? Are you? Is, right. what, is what you're doing? something like I, the fact that everybody's connected you can go check how original you are like has anybody like i know so many comics that like go and like they'll google like a joke before mm-hmm. they post it to make sure they're not biting somebody else i don't give a fuck because I, i've I had i've had two jokes of mine memed now and it's genuinely upsetting but yeah. i know that i had it first it's so. one of those things too where it, it, like we're lucky now that we have the information age and like like this podcast can reach anyone anywhere yeah that that net has not been available but on the flip side you're also having all your bumping elbows with every comic ever yeah on the internet space wow and not even just every comic, just some dude who's probably some guy in a shed, probably out in Canada, had a killer joke, went to Wi Fi, <laughs> tweeted it, like, holy shit, look at that perspective. Oh, it's so upsetting writing the same joke as somebody else though. Like I hate I, I think that's why I think that's why I hate finding out about it. I did it I did it at a show, uh, another comic. Yeah, I think it's do you think you actually did this to me once too. You you let me know I was doing a joke that someone else was doing. Yeah. Like it was it was phrased in a certain way. Yeah. It was just close enough to being like, That's just the same joke, fuck. Yeah. And I, I, I had that happen again too, where it's just like one of those things where I, I, I just thought of this funny idea. I thought it'd be funny, like like uh yeah, something really, ha- really really awkward happened. My girlfriend and I, <laughs> I, uh, I walked in on her masturbating, mm-hmm. and she was too. <laughs> and that was the joke. <laughs> but I did that in Denver. I was like, I fucking love this new joke. This joke's killer. I just thought of this. This God, is cool. you did a good job with like traditional goofy misdirection. Yeah. And then, but then like someone came up and was like, hey, Chris Fairbanks was doing that like four months ago. I was like, no shit. Yeah. So it was just one of those things. Like I appreciate someone doing that. And then like later I see Nick Thune doing it like two months after i was doing it too dude i lost an entire bit like i lost an entire like five minutes in the course of like a few months one time because there was like three there was one national comic and like two denver comics that like had bits of like my that same bit (gasps) like the entire premise was that like one morning my ex and i were having breakfast and like she like trotted away and uh she went to the bathroom and she comes back like a few seconds later and she's like, there's no toilet paper in there. And I was like, why the fuck do you need toilet paper? Uh, and she's like, I don't want to drip dry. And I'd never heard that before yeah. in my entire life. There's a lot of those. Wait, what the fuck? And then I just ranted away about that. But like in that bit was, uh, I talked about learning about how to go down on a girl for the first time. And I was treating it like a bop it. Uh, Marl's, <laughs> yeah, that was, a, I love doing that premise. But Mar Wiles, an ex-Denver, now lives in New York comedian, mm-hmm. uh, had the same 
like the same premise about actually learning how to masturbate and then uh that's hers and then there Damn. was there was caleb Sinan who mm-hmm. talked about like he instead of like he him making fun of like his girlfriend going in the bathroom he was he made the equi- he equated it to him going and doing mm-hmm. it like oh i'm just gonna dab it off before yeah. and his bit is fucking hilarious if yeah. you've never heard that one so i was like you know what this entire thing is going into the dumpster i've been doing this on shows for like a year but i'm just gonna throw it away that's that was fun and you gotta and i think that's that's the best you can do when the whole originality thing yeah. pops up is just like you can't you like you can either just go like well fuck it i want to get paid and have this many minutes yeah. but at the end of the day yeah and i'm not fucking i'm not outside of myself their bits are way better than that bit yeah. of mine was like her talking like mara wiles's take on that piece and then caleb Sinan's take on that super piece, good so much better and you than can see mine they've was. worked it out over time and, yeah. and how it's grown so it's not even like a bitter thing. It's a little bit of a bummer to me, but like at, at the end of the day, I'm like, there's so much better. They deserve to like, if they, if there's one person that mm-hmm. like deserves to do it, like you, you know who the fuck does it. Right. Like, and I think part of that is like when it comes to like originality, what uh, I like, a lot of the bits I like doing is what have I done that no one else has done? Cause there's some stuff I've done that no one else has done. Yeah. Like I work in a fine art foundry. <laughs> I make bronze sculptures of Jesus. Make Jesus, yeah. I don't, if I see fucking Bill Burr doing like, yeah, so uh, anyways, I was working at my foundry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's things that you have in your life, like you went through the Navy and you have that scar and you have things that are interesting about you like Air that Force. that are... Air Force? Oh, sorry. Is that a, is that a big sin God in the military? Damn. All the branches hate each other. We That's what's funny. <laughs> That's what I hear. You gave me my first paid set. I did? Yeah, the oh, R bar. Sure. R bar. Hell Fort, yeah. Yeah, dude. Did my first ten minutes. Yeah, dude. You had a I remember watching you do like like a five to seven one night. Like, it was like a long night at Hodes or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, who do fucking I was really picky with who I was booking at the R bar because I just took it over. Yeah, and you want to make sure that you're trying to sell the show again to yeah. the venue. So if you bring someone who you're not quite sure about. I was really picky because there's like some problematic people that have seen like do some shitty things in that room. Oh, like and some yeah, it's some a, comics would look at it as like a challenge to like drop the f word and whatnot. It's, and it's, I'm it not like, talking about fuck, uh, by the way. It's a gay bar, and there's so many comics who are just. We're like, I watched it happen twice in one night one time where like comics that otherwise wouldn't do anything about it. They're like, they just drop that word and they're sat with like a new joke and it just tanked the fucking room. Look at it as like a challenge. Like I can make it's the same dark thing again, <laughs> but I was really picky. I was like, cause I just took it over. I was like, I want really good fun time shows. And, and that's what people would come up to me all the time. Be like, how come I can't get on the R bar? How come I'm not getting on Colorado room or whatever? And it's, it, it's like, well, you don't realize the effect that you have on people. That's yeah. the, that's the God honest truth. Like I'm really, like I said, I'm really picky about who I would put up at the R bar. I would look for fairly innocuous or relatable sets because like I said, that's a gay bar full of the LGBTQ community. Yeah. They hear the edgiest, dumbest shit on a daily basis, day in, day out. They deal with passive aggression, name yep. calling, yep. just in general shitty behavior. And then there's also the people that are like, ah, look at this one. It's it's making fun of your culture. Mm-hmm. That's it's hilarious, right? It's, no, it's not. So it's, last you, thing you they want to hear. Yeah, you go go into their home and make a mess. Yeah, and then leave. Be like, oh, oh, so we're gonna have this fucking angry, tattooed, straight guy on stage yelling for like the first like seven <laughs> minutes, and then it's just gonna be a menagerie of people trying to take their shots at the LGBTQ. So it's gonna be more of the same. So I was really adamant about not creating that environment with the comedy show there. So I would yeah. look for people that were, you know, relatable to the LGBTQ community or fairly innocuous and just good time fun because that's what they go there to do is have a fucking drink and mm-hmm. decompress from the day. Last thing they want is some fucking asshole on stage. I think more than ever nowadays, it feels like everyone's like, we need to do this with uh, the, the politics and all this stuff. And it's just like, boy, I love it when a comic doesn't bring up anything. I, I, I stay away from politics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you get into politics, you just, oh, you just split the room. Yeah, I stay away from religion and politics, mm-hmm. especially after hosting the Gilded the Gilded Guilt one time. Oh, I bet. What happened? So, <laughs> <laughs> Nate Brown uh, proposed this show to the Gilded Goat, which is a brewery and like you know down near the fucking Chili's and one on South College. Yeah, and it's owned by a massively religious family. Like it, it's a patriarchal brewery. Like it's found like supported by like the father, ran by the sons, and like they wanted to have a comedy show. And Nate didn't want to host it. He wanted to like be on it. 
So he was like, can you come? Like, he called me. I was at a bar with friends. He was like, can you come host this show for me? Like, a half an hour before it was going to start. Whoa. Uh, yeah. Mm. I was like, sure. Fuck it. I'm there. I'll go. So I drive down there. And this is I the first show? show. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, I, I do, like, a little bit of time. And then I put I put up, like, the, the Menagerie of Comics. And, like, a lot, there's, like, two or three of them that had, like, religious jokes. <laughs> And Nate did his moderate Catholic ants joke. For those of you who don't know, uh, Nate Brown, very funny comedian, has a joke where he would ke- said he kept a to scale, you know, uh, replica of Planned Parenthood, and then the ants in his room would go protest it, and he was like, "Boom, moderately Catholic ants." <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. I probably just butchered it. I'm sorry, Nate. You got the bare bones of it, yeah. And uh, I feel pretty shitty for actually just talking about no, it. No, but it's, it's kind of similar to the R bar where you're like, hey, you know what you guys believe? Ah, go fuck yourself. But I'd see like the, the patriarchy, like the patriarchal figure of this brewery in the back just like shaking his head and it's like dead silent in the room. <laughs> I'm like, oh, fuck. Is this a religious clean show? And that's basically what I've been hosting the entire time. And it was like, I talked to him afterwards. He's like, Hey, thanks for hosting a show and whatnot. And I was like, how'd it go? He's like, they're not, a, they're not happy. We're yeah. not going to have another show. <laughs> Just like one of those, like Jesus Christ, you guys are quiet. Like, yeah. <laughs> like they told him afterwards. Like he, he told me that they were like, yeah, we were, we had, we had a fun time or not. We don't think we're going to be doing another one just because we don't like jokes about our Lord and savior. <laughs> we had a, such a fun time. We're not going to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> like we don't, we don't joke about our Lord and savior though. And I was like, Oh fuck. This was a religion. Just show it. I didn't even realize it. Well, dude, I'm gonna fucking miss you. Yeah, I am. I yeah, do. I'm not leaving till I think like beginning January, like the first oh, week. Oh, all right, never mind. I'm gonna be around for a little bit. Okay, good. Yeah, but yeah, I wanna do. I wanna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna reach out to a bunch of people, and I wanna do like a little bit of something for a get together. Yeah, man. We sit around somewhere. And even if we can get like a, I think a send off comedy show sometime too. Yeah. And like, are you gonna come? You're probably gonna come back and hang out at the club every once in a while, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sometime, probably like maybe like this time next year or whatnot. I yeah. want to definitely come back and visit and see things and say hi because like this place is my fucking home. Though. You help build the scene, dude. Yeah. You, like you said, having those principles for having a show, you had kept the show running, giving more people stage time and. Yeah. This is like giving my opportunity home. So like I like I one of these days I want to move back, but like for right now I need to go do something else. Yeah. Listen to your heart. <laughs> well, fuck, dude. All right. <laughs> That's the podcast, everyone. <laughs> How long was that, dude? Justin going, everyone, and he's going, going, gone. Uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> follow me on Instagram, GoofedGaston, and keep subscribing and stuff to the podcast. Leave a review or don't. I love you. Thanks for tuning in. Tell your mom about this show. She'll fucking dig it. All right. Good night, everyone. See you later. Okay. <laughs>